0: Let's pray. Father God, we just say to you and praise you to this day, Father. We thank you that we have the opportunity to gather together, to worship you, Father. We thank you now that we will hear your word. It will not return void, Father. We thank you for open hearts and open minds as we move forward through your word. And we give you praise and honor, Lord, Lord, in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Amen. <coughs> so there was a school that built airplane parks. And the later they got into school, they quit taking grades. Everybody just got to turn in whatever project they wanted to turn in, and and they were building parts. So for the graduation, they all got a vacation paid. And so everybody was so excited, and everybody got on the plane, and they were all going to the Bahamas, and everybody was all so excited. And when they sat down in the plane, the, the pilot came on and said, congratulations, this airplane was built by the parts that you built. And as your final grade, we're going to the Bahamas. And all of the students got up and tore out of the plane and ran off the plane. And the professor didn't move. And the pilot said, why didn't you get up? He was like, I know my students that never cranked up. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes are tough, I'm telling you. If you want to, you want to throw some into the mix, I'll be afraid. All right, so we, um, man, it feels like a short week. We, uh, we are in relationships, goals, and, 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 and this is number three. And so the first. We, we talked about relationship goals, the relationship that we have with the creator of the universe, right? And, and, and what that means to us and what that means to him. Um, we, too, we talked about communication inside the relationship. If you've been in a relationship very long, you know there's a couple of important aspects of relationships that you have to have. Um, communication is, is a must. There's one more that's really, really important. Anybody want to guess? Trust. Yeah, you have to have trust if you're going to have a relationship, right? I mean, you know, maybe not a father-son relationship, but a, but a spousal relationship or a friendship relationship. You have to have trust if you're going to have a relationship for very long, right? I mean, it just, it is what it is. So relationship goals in, in, in part three is trust, all right? And it, and it seems really easy, right, um, to, to think that, you know, of course you can trust me. You, you can trust me. Um, But we really can't, right? I mean, as humans, uh, we fail, and we fail repeatedly, and it just is what it is. I mean, even in our own individual relationships, we do and say things that we shouldn't have done. We have to say those horrible words you have to say if you're married, but the longer you're married, the easier they are to say. Now I say I'm sorry sometimes, and I don't even know if I did anything. I just don't want her to be mad anymore. I'm sorry. She's not here. She's not in back. It's going to be a free Sunday this week. All right, so we're going to turn first to, uh, we got some Old Testament scripture. Um, Jeremiah. What did I do? There it is right here. 17. <clears throat> and, you know, uh, we talked about last week in, in the communication um, um, sermon, we talked about how God's communication changed with his people over time, right? And in the garden, he talked to them. And then he had prophets. And then now that we have a personal relationship, he, he talked to us individually. Um, but this is still in the prophets, right? the prophet Jeremiah, and in verse um, chapter 17, verse 5, it starts. This is what the Lord says. And this is kind of how these guys started, right? This is what God told me to tell y'all. Cursed is anyone who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in parched places of the desert. In a salt land where no one lives. That is not not a good place. And so anytime we get to a place where we want to know why you're cursed or why you're blessed. That's why. And those people are cursed because they trust only in man. But in verse 7 it says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. Now, that's us, right? We should be trusting in God no matter what the situation is. And and I touched on this a little bit in the first week. But truthfully, there's nothing that's been around longer than God. There's nothing that's been in your life longer than God. And even if it has something been in your life longer than God, it's failed you at least once, right? I mean, you've had a car that wasn't cranked or a house that wasn't any good or a parent that wasn't nice to you or sibling that was mean to you, probably not a sibling that was mean to you, or a spouse that didn't do what they were supposed to do, or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, right? But God's been there from the beginning of time, right? And He's still there, and we still have to put our confidence in Him. And when we do, seeing that that first one curse is a man who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and that's all the bad stuff, but in seven, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. Verse 8, and this is Psalms 1, right? This is Psalms 1 quoted. They will be a tree planted by the water that sends roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes and its leaves are always green and it has no worries in the year of a drought and never fails to bear fruit. Now, I want to be the tree planted by the water to never have to worry about the drought, (laughs) to never have to worry about whether my leaves are going to wither, right? I'm going to be this good looking from here until I want to be Miss Elsie. I want to look as good forever, just the same right on and right on, just a picture of, of beauty forever. I mean, I already have missed that mark of being handsome, so it's the best I got. Um, years ago, I had a, a spot on my face that was an infection and I had to go to a doctor's care and actually cut it. And she said, you know, if I cut this on your face, there's a chance there's gonna be a mark. And I said, well, you know, I've probably given up on the model career by now. I want this out of my face. Please go ahead and cut. But our trust, sorry, (laughs) that's terrible. Um, But our trust in God renews us and constantly renews us and gives us what we need and gives us the water that we need and gives us the opportunity that we need, right? I mean, in, in. In Romans, uh, Paul says that everything works together. It's Romans 8. It says everything works together for those who believe, right? And so sometimes when we don't understand the plan or we can't see the plan or we don't necessarily understand what's taking place, it's easy to doubt. Um, There's a a funny guy. uh, He's actually a Christian comedian, and he was on a lake in Tennessee, and um, he was on a houseboat, and a tornado hit. And in the tornado, every time the lightning would pop, he could see boats rocking here and there, and it was crazy. And he was like, water is on the boat. And He said it was, it was wild. It was just an amazing show of power of nature. And the lightning was just beautiful. And he said, it would have been a lot more fun had I known I was going to survive through it, right? If I had known that I was actually going to make it, I probably could have stopped for a second and seen the beauty of the situation. But that's our trust in God. We should know, no matter what takes place, no matter what's going on, that God has us in the palm of His hand, and it, whether it's today or tomorrow, when we go on to be with Him, we're going to be with Him forever. And so, our trust in Him should be that no matter what the world throws at us, no matter what changes, no matter what goes wrong, we know that God's got us. That's trusting in God. It's not trusting in God when the grass is green and it rains every day and. And everything's wonderful and beautiful and the flowers are blooming. It's not trusting in God in those situations, right? It's everybody is a good teammate when everything's going good, right? It's it's hard to not be a good teammate when everything's going good. It's hard to not be a good spouse when everything's going good, when you have plenty of money and we're going out and having fun and we're doing this and we're doing that and all the bills are paid and the kids are clean and the house is clean and... The yard is immaculate. It's easy to be a good spouse at that point in time. It's easy. It's more difficult to be a good teammate when everything is going against you or when you don't have enough money to pay the bills or the grass isn't cut or the kids are horrible and everything's all over the house, right? That's when we start worrying about our relationship with our spouse. Did I make a good decision or not? But when we're in a relationship with God, no matter what the scenario looks like, we should still have enough trust in God to know, right, what does Hebrews say that he is and he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him, that we're going to do what we're supposed to do and he's going to do what he's supposed to do. Amen. And it's not contingent, and this is the most important part, God's goodness and grace is not contingent on my abilities or actions. Praise God. I don't have to be a certain kind of guy. Now, look, if you go back to the Old Testament, there was a whole lot of if, then, buts, right? We talked about if, then, buts a couple of weeks ago. If you do this, then God will do this. But if you don't, God won't. But my contract doesn't say that. My contract says he will never leave me and he will never forsake me. That nothing can separate me from the love of God. So when I have that kind of confidence in him that no matter how bad the situation looks like, that God's going to show up and be on my side, then what am I worried about? What am I actually concerned over? I mean, like the three Hebrew children, right? They were getting ready to be thrown into the fiery furnace. They had no outward appearance of fret or dread. How many of y'all can stand on the outside of the fiery furnace and have no fret or dread? It's almost impossible. But their faith was so strong in God that they knew no matter what, God's going to do his part. Same thing with Abraham and Isaac. When Abraham took Isaac up on the mountain and was going to slay him and burn him on the altar. Abraham was fully persuaded, right? Full of faith. Knew that whatever God said he was going to do. And he knew that God had promised him that Isaac was the, the son of promise. So even if, and and you're talking about some serious amounts of faith, even if Abraham killed Isaac and burned him up on the altar, that God would raise him from the dead and restore him as his son. Now, that's big time faith. Now, I will mention just for a second, just for understanding of not trusting in flesh, you notice at no point in time does it say in that story that Abraham told Sarah about the plan. He didn't. Because his relationship would not have been as smooth. When they were going to make a sacrifice, Sarah was good with that. He just left out the part that Isaac was the sacrifice. Now, I can understand. I have a hard enough time when I try to discipline my children, much less cut them up and put them on an altar and burn them. I mean, I would think that Crystal would be a little slightly upset over that. But Abraham was fully persuaded that even if he sacrificed Isaac and put him on the altar, that God would restore him. That's trust in God. Now that's extraordinary trust in God. But we get to a situation where we live in the freest country that's ever been. And the best of the best of the best. If you take somebody from right now and you move them, the poorest person that hears this, and you take them back 120 years, they look like the richest guy ever. They have a communication device that's magic that you just hit a couple buttons and you can talk to whoever you want to talk to. The plumbing is on the inside of the house. There's a little switch that turns on the lights in the ceiling. Now all of that sounds funny, but it's really not. It's really not. If you go back 120 years ago, most of the things that we take for granted, um, you know, flying on airplanes, driving in automobiles, uh, indoor plumbing, air conditioning, electricity, refrigeration, um, (laughs) refrigerated food, all of those things does not exist, right? And so we live in the best of the best of the best that's ever been. And yet somehow, we can't trust God for his promises. And that is really baffling to me. I mean, I'll just say, I'll go out on a limb and look at y'all and say, most of y'all did not struggle with whether or not you were going to eat this week or not. And you might have, you might have had a moment where you wasn't sure if you were going to be able to fit lunch in. Between going to get the kids from school or going to ball practice or whatever, and you had to clean the house. But I'm, I, I'm just confident that you didn't. You weren't hungry. I mean, I, and maybe you were, and if you were, if you are, and if you are currently hungry, you come talk to us. We have folks that help people with that. But for the first time in history, we have all of the opportunities that we could have. Yet we seem to be further away from God. Remember a minute ago when I was saying it is easy to be a good teammate in a good relationship when everything is going right? Yet it seems like everything that we have is going in our favor and we're drifting further away from God. See, that makes me nervous when you go back to Jeremiah 17. Are we really putting our trust in God or are we putting our trust in men? Because that's not a good path to go down. But cursed is the one who trusts in the man who draws strength from mere flesh. But we want to be the folks who are planted by the river that are trusting in God. <clears throat> uh, Proverbs. And you can find some good stuff in Proverbs. It's all kind of good memes going around about Proverbs. That every time I read Proverbs, I think I'm the fool. Right? Because everything in Proverbs is the fool says this. And then you look at the action and maybe I'm the fool. Um Proverbs 3, 5, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. In all of your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. See, we, we kind of, we want to depend on our own understanding, right? We want to depend on our, Psalms 46 talks about our own understanding. Sorry, we could jump from, here. for God is our refuge and our strength, the ever present help in trouble, um, 46, 1, therefore do not fear. Though the earth may give away and the mountains will fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake in their surging, there is a river whose streams that make glad the city of God. Right, we, God is our refuge and our strength. No matter what's going on around us, when we put God first and God as our refuge and we trust in God, our relationship gets stronger. But when we put our trust in men or in things or in stuff, our relationship gets further away, and I didn't say that he did. Now I'm not saying you can't have a relationship with God and still trust the men. I'm not saying that, but what he's saying is, is that our trust should be first in God. We should turn first to what God says about things. Our heart deceives us, right? We shouldn't. We shouldn't depend on. When we talked about communication last week and how God communicates with you in your spirit, <clears throat> I've never had that voice be wrong. I've never had the spirit be wrong. I've been wrong. I've made bad decisions. I've wanted the wrong thing. I have done things not the right way. But I have never had the Holy Spirit lead me in something that was wrong. Now, it wasn't always what I wanted, Right? I mean, and that's the problem when we trust God and he communicates with us, it's not necessarily what you want. I mean, think about Jonah. Did he really want to go to the city of Nineveh and preach the gospel? In fact, it was the opposite thing of what he wanted to do. He didn't just stay home. He started trying to go the opposite direction. He tried his best to get as far away from what God told him to do as possible. God didn't tell him to turn right and he stood still. He, He went as left as left could get. He tried to get away from it. <coughs> and it kind of led to some trouble. Our troubles a lot of times that we see in a day-to-day life, there have been opportunities where God has spoken to us or talked to us and led us that we didn't trust Him or we didn't believe Him or we didn't do what He asked us to do. And then we end up in this bad situation and go, oh God, how did we get here? And He said, I don't know. I told you to turn right and you went left. How are you asking me how you got there? Do you have a free will? You went there. You decided what your steps were. Although the Bible says the righteous steps are ordered by God. If you don't follow what God tells you to do, you can't go down a straight path. It seems very simple, but we seem to make it very complex. That if we put our trust first in God, somehow things work out. We seem awful lucky. I think that's the word they use. Man, I was lucky. But in truth, we're just blessed that God loves us so much that he is attentive to us and wants to help us and wants to lead us and guide us in the things that he wants us to be in. Now, I'm sure all of y'all have at least that one child that you have raised that no matter what you do and you tell them the right way to do it, that they are bent, that they're going to do it the opposite direction. My mama did this to me. I can't imagine the frustration that God goes through. I told you not to do that. Sorry. I did it anyway. Well, don't do it again. Okay. And then I do it again. I mean, I can't even comprehend the idea of what he puts up with. Just with me, not with y'all. Y'all are probably good children. I'm not. I do exactly the opposite so many times I can't count. (laughs) And then every once in a while I stumble in and do the right thing and go, ooh, look at me. I did it right. After all of the times that I did it wrong. But when we have this opportunity to have a relationship with the creator of the universe, with God Almighty, right? And and, and he, and he leads us and he talks to us and he cares for us. It just seems so easy to me that if we followed what he said do, if we, if we were led by the Spirit, if we were the sons and daughters of God and were actually led by the Spirit instead of led by our flesh, how much easy things would be. To the point that even if it wasn't easy, as long as I'm being led by the Spirit of God, then I don't really care. I don't care if I'm beaten and tortured and harassed and talked bad about or whatever else. <clears throat> It, it, it's really a compliment, right? It's really a compliment to be to be uh, ridiculed for what you believe. It's really a compliment. Because, you know, the prophets were killed because of what they believed, because they said God said. Jesus was killed because of what he believed and what he said, because he did what God told him to do. A lot of the disciples were killed because they were doing exactly what God told them to do, right? over and over and over and over and over. So it's really a compliment if if you are running right in the stream of the world and and, and nobody wants to, to talk bad about you, then you really need to step back and look and think to see if I'm really trusting in God and doing what I'm supposed to do. Because if you're really running right with the stream and nobody has anything to say about what you do or say, you're lying way too close up with what the world's doing and saying. The Bible calls us a peculiar people. We're different. We're set apart. We're aliens on this planet. We don't belong here. We belong somewhere else. But when we put our trust in God and we do what he tells us to do, we are sometimes going to be separated from the norm. Praise God. Amen. I don't want to be in the norm. I don't want to be part of the crowd. I want to be. I want to stand apart of what God told me that I'm supposed to do. And that makes me odd or special or different or whatever backwards backwards. Right? When they tease my kids about what apps they have on their phone. Yep. They're 17 years old. Yep. 18, they can move out. Good for them. I'll quit paying their phone bill. As long as I pay their phone bill, I know what's on their phone. I'm sorry. That's how my mama treated me. I turned out as best I could. We talked about it this week. What would have happened if my mama would not have disciplined me all of my life? I can't imagine where I would have ended up. Because I didn't do all that great growing up anyway with very strict re- requirements around me. I can't imagine if I'd have just been turned loose and free. It would not turn out well. <clears throat> Ooh, off topic. Um, Romans. Uh, chapter 15. That's not 15. That's 15. um 13 and it says that may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. what what we got to do is is when we trust in him that joy and peace overflows in us. That's not when we don't trust in him, that's when we do trust in him that that joy and peace overflows. And an important thing about overflowing is if God only cared about you good enough to fill you up that would be really awesome. But what God cares about you to the extent that he wants you to overflow to where you have more than enough to give to other people, right? This is not a this is not a one-way street. This is not a dead end. God's Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control doesn't come into me and stop. It comes into me to where I can let it pass through me into the body of Christ, right? And into you, not just me, not because I stand here, but it comes into you to where the people around you see what you are, see your trust in God, see you have this love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, the joy of the Lord that overflows and then they want that. that. That's our job. So when we trust in God, we look like the tree that's planted by the water. We look like everything our hand touches prospers. We look that we have the joy of the Lord as our strength. We look that we are so happy we can't stand ourselves. And people want to know why. Now, <clears throat> they don't always want to do what you're willing to do to have those things. They're not willing to let things go. They're not willing to forgive people who have crossed them. They're not willing to to lead their life according to God's word. And that's a necessary step. And so they can be envious of what you have, yet not be willing to do what you do. I get it. But we have to trust in God, whether we are those people or aren't those people, that we are doing exactly what we were sent to do. Because when we are doing what we were sent to do, what better thing is there to do? I mean, you can be the greatest, pick something, hunter, parent, athlete, cook. If, if you don't trust in God and if you don't have this relationship with God, none of that matters. None of that matters. You can be the fastest kid in your fifth grade class and that don't matter. I think mama was the tallest kid in her first grade class. Obviously, that didn't <laughs> matter for long. <laughs> But if we don't have <laughs> sorry. If we don't have God in front of us. If we don't have our trust in God, none of the things that we do here matters. If we do have our trust in God and we live our life accordingly, then everything we do here matters. Amen. Everything we do is an example of the body of Christ. Everything we do leads to the upbuilding of the kingdom. If we're not building up the kingdom, then what the heck are you doing? Really, what are you doing? Are you too busy? Do you have too much stuff going on? Is it That Netflix series takes up too much of your time. You can't get off of TikTok. You're snap tweeting and whatever else. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know what you're doing. But I hear the answer that we're too busy an awful lot. And when we trust God, we're supposed to put God first, right? Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all of these other things will be added unto you. But what we seem to chase is all the other things and put God last. That puts us back in that that not where God wants us situation, right? When we trust God, (laughs) we are renewed. We're given strength, we're given blood, our path is made straight. Our steps are ordered. But if we don't follow the path that God puts out in front of us, it, y'all, y'all ever walked in the woods much? You, you know, if you get on a, 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 if you get in the woods just a little bit, if you get on a, a deer path, man, you can scoot through the woods. You can go wherever you want to go. You have just follow the path. But if you get off the path just a little bit, you can find yourself in neck deep briars, and you can't fall down in them. I mean, there are places in the hunting club that literally you cannot fall down. Because when you fall down, your clothes are hung up on the briars. And you go, how did I get here? Well, you got off the path, didn't you? You got off the path because sometimes it's necessary to get off the path when you're hunting because you look for an animal or deer or whatever. But in life, when we follow what God's laid out in front of us, most of the time we stay out of the briars. But even if I'm in the briars, praise God, I'm doing it like he told me to do it. If I'm thrown into the fiery furnace, then he's going to be there with me. If the fish swallows me, he's going to be there with me. If they throw me in the lion's den, then he's going to be there with me. That's what trusting God looks like, is that I know that he has a path laid out in front of me, and I'm going to follow it to the best of my ability. And if that leads me to somewhere I don't necessarily want to be, I can trust God to know that no matter what, He's there with me. Amen. That's it. We trust Him. If it rains, if it don't rain. If the sun shines, if the sun don't shine. If the earth melts away tomorrow, God is with me. Period. It has nothing to do with anything else. It's Him first and everything else second. Let's pray. Father, we thank You and praise You for Your Word. Father, we thank You for this opportunity. Father, we pray that you will help us trust you first, Father. And we give you praise and honor, Lord, for it in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Amen. If anybody has a need for prayer, if they'll come up, I'll be happy to pray with you.